0: You're
1: listening to The Other Connor Podcast, a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your host, Connor
0: Halley. Hello, Oilers fans. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of The Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Connor Halley. Make sure to give me a follow on Twitter. Apologize for the couple days off, or I think it's been about a week since we've had a new edition of the show, I went on a little bit of a vacation, went out to Toronto, caught a few Jays game, looked at the Hockey Hall of Fame, something I would highly recommend for anyone going out there, especially if you're an Oilers fan. There's a lot of cool stuff, obviously Gretzky, McDavid, you got some dry sidle, uh, lots of stuff about the Oilers dynasty. Check it out if you're in the area. If you're from Toronto and you're listening to this podcast, thank you first of all, but also go check it out the Hockey Hall of Fame, a very cool experience for the Edmonton Oilers. Things are looking up. Things are looking up. Uh, maybe if I did this podcast on Tuesday, people might not be too optimistic. But the Edmonton Oilers, of course, a big 6 nothing victory over the Montreal Canadiens on a Wednesday night. One of those games where it's tough to really pick anything apart. Obviously, your goalie gets a shutout. That means he did his job. Defensively, the team was good. They scored six goals. They got goals from a bunch of different players. You know, McDavid was physical. Guys were throwing hits. It was a game where they absolutely dominated on Wednesday night. And now the team will turn their attention to Friday when they'll take on the LA Kings. Once again, that series tied at a one game apiece. It'll be an 8 o'clock puck drop if you're in the Mountain Time Zone. We'll do that again on Sunday and then again on Tuesday. Back in Edmonton, Game 6 and 7, obviously, if necessary. But uh, very quickly, just want to give a shout-out to our sponsors, uh, DraftKings. If you're going to sign up today, use promo code THPN. Uh, I'll give you a little bit more info about that later on in the show. But good things for the Edmonton Oilers. And uh, we're going to keep that going on the topic of being good. Because I think we've got a good, borderline, very good show for you here On the other Connor podcast, Uh, we're going to talk to former NHLer and uh, TSN 1260 host Jason Strudwick, get his thoughts on the way the Oilers have played as of late and how the rest of this series is looking and how it might shape up. And then we're going to get a L.A. Kings point of view. We'll be joined by Jonathan Davis. He, of course, a host on SiriusXM NHL based down in Southern California. covers the Kings, the Ducks, the Sharks, so uh, we'll get his thoughts on what he's seen so far from the L.A. Kings. But let's get right into it. Let's bring him in. Jason Strudwick, former NHLer. You can hear him on the Jason Greger Show Monday through Friday from 2 till 6. You can also give him a follow on Twitter at Jason underscore Strudwick. Struddy, thanks a lot for doing this today. How's it going?
1: Good, good. Loving the playoffs. Everything. Basketball, NBA, baseball's rolling. It's pretty uh, good time to be a sports fan.
0: Now, Straddy, as we record this, I know you're pretty busy with Hockey Helps the Homeless, and uh, obviously a great, co- uh, great cause. The the PA that you're involved with does a lot of good work. Now, just out of curiosity, if people wanted to come down and, and watch you and and see, you know, what does a former NHLer actually look like? Is that event open to the fans?
1: Yeah, it is. So tomorrow we'll be playing. Uh, the games are spread out between 8 and 5 at uh, Terwilliger Arena. So, I'm, I'm, I mean, you'll, you'll, there'll be signage, and you'll be able to find people uh, or find players. But I think there's about 25 Oilers alumni participating, which is crazy. So uh, that's, that's a big turnout. So I'm pretty – I know George the Rock will be there, Mac T. Um, pretty big turnout So I'm pretty excited To see all these guys And uh, interact with them
0: Well that is actually Like right by Where I live So I might have to Stop in and uh, Root you on Maybe bring a sign Get you going Only if you yeah. score a goal though
1: Well you won't be The only one buddy there are <laughs> A lot of Stradwick fans There for sure
0: well, that's, that's typically <laughs> of
1: Ringing off the glass
0: that's how it is for these events. Uh, Stratton, the Edmonton Oilers, uh, much better performance on Wednesday evening. Obviously, they get the big six nothing win. Um, when you go back to Monday night in the four three loss, uh, we know the bad play by Mike Smith that got a lot of attention. But did you think there was a lot of cleaning up that they had to do to be, to, you know, to make that that step and and pick up the win in game two?
1: Yeah, there you know there was there there was some uh, like there, there were just some some miscues we haven't seen by the Oilers in recent year or recent sorry, recent years you know recent months since Woodcoff over. there was there's a more detailed game there and I felt that they left quite a bit on the table I think they did as well like when you heard their post game avail they kind of talked about it you know they weren't really worried about the Smith incident they're, they weren't or they're not really they weren't worried about that at all there was things that it do as the team and I thought the team came on and played a hard game um, led by their captain, the physicality. And, you know, physicality expresses itself in different ways. not just Zach Cassian bowling over people. It's, you know, getting to the net hard, winning face-off, winning little puck battles or races to the puck, knowing you might get hit. And I thought the owners did a good job. So uh, definitely a step in the right direction for, for this group. Um, with that their second game, now game three, but the job is to not let it come back. And they haven't. Usually they've kind of stayed on top of it. So I am expecting a good hard push by the owners. Um, in L.A. for Game 3.
0: Yeah, I mean, you talk about the physicality. Uh We had our little trivia question on the Gregor show on Thursday, and it was which Euler didn't throw a hit, and the only one was Brett Kulak. Like, that's got to be a good sign when everyone's getting involved, even if you only get, you know, credited with one hit. At, at least you're playing a little bit of a physical brand of hockey, and you talk about McDavid doing that. I remember uh, 2017 when he had that big hit on Marcus Sorensen of the San Jose Sharks, yeah. and it was like that clicked, that turned the series around. When you see a skilled player like McDavid, and you know, it doesn't even have to be McDavid. He's just, I mean, the most offensively skilled player in the game. But when he does that, how does that kind of electrify the group? Well,
1: get you jacked up. And you want to do the same. I mean, that's your leader, right? That, he's your captain. You're going to follow his lead. So when he's playing that way, it, 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 it um, forces everyone to, to evaluate what they're doing, to learn how they can compete and be that same level of intensity. And if you're not, you're exposed. You are absolutely exposed, and there were some passengers that first game, but let's chalk it up to um, nerves or uh, you know inexperience or whatever you want to call it. Game two, I thought everyone was competing. If you don't, you are exposed, and the coach see it. Your team, and worse, your your teammates see it. And there's nothing worse than being um, recognized as a person who won't compete in these high level games. You want to keep raising your compete level and not give up. And it doesn't mean you win every battle, but it means you you compete for every battle, every puck, every face-off, every chance you get out on the wall. You have to compete. You cannot, no matter your size, you can't get pushed out of games.
0: Stretti, when you look at the guys who did pick up the goals in the victory, uh, I mean, there there was kind of the usual suspects in Leon Dry, side of LeVander Kane, a couple goals. Uh, but for Ryan McLeod, a Darnell Nurse, pull like how much of a confidence builder can that become, just getting that first one out of the way?
1: Well, let's talk about. I think the biggest guy in that group you mentioned was Billy Harvey. I mean, he's playing on a big line, and you know he, he, when he's disruptive, he's an effective player. The goals haven't come easy for Yessa this year, right? They haven't come easy, and um, when you play beside a player like Connor, you know there's the internal expect. Like internally, yourself, you're expecting to score goals, and when you don't, um, you know you, you feel it. So for him to get that goal last night, you know Connor sets him up right in front. He's able to bury it. It's a huge one for him. Uh, yeah, it's not the game-winning goal, but who cares? You now have a goal in the playoffs. That's huge. Darnell Nurse, you know, I, I don't – I think it's important for him to get on there. It's not as important as Tully Then for Ryan McLeod, I think it's a realization that, like, hey, I can I can contribute here. I can contribute in this group. You know, his role is the same as what Tully Arby's is as far as expectations of scoring. But if the Oilers are going to win this series, they're going to need contributions from different players. They're not, not always – the top guys and not that that's been the case but everyone has to step up and you know on every good team i've been on it felt like everyone contributed in some way and last night they did and the guys i really felt needed to score did find the back of the
0: net Strady, i want to ask you about duncan keith and I, I think we all know he's pretty beloved in that locker room the return to chicago i mean the players held the sticks out kind of a cool moment that the oilers tv crew actually recorded went viral everything like that but you know what does he just bring to this team, especially when you go down in Game 1 of a series, just all that he's been through?
1: But he's been through it. I mean, hundred. I think he's got 160 playoff games or something like that, and it's, that's a ton. That is a ton of experience. Stanley Cup rings. Um, you know, he's been through it. So he, this isn't a surprise, you know, for a lot of these players. The emotional ups and downs are difficult to manage. And, and we haven't seen a lot here. He's only two games in. But he'll have been through it. He'll know what it's like, how to manage it. And, you know, he's paired with, I don't think he's the youngest or the 2nd youngest players on the team in, in Bouchard. And, you know, Bouchard's kind of taking a step forward, um, you know, especially in this playoff series. So he's there to do that. But, you know, Kane, although he hasn't had a Stanley Cup, he's a veteran player. He's going to calm things down. Mike Smith, same thing. He's been around a long time. He's going to be calm. So, you know, you take out some of the guys they had in the, in the lineup last year, um, and no disrespect to them, but they weren't, you know, Veteran players in key positions. You have a second left defenseman. You got a first line left winger, and your starting goalie, who are all veteran players, and, and that's the key. Veteran players that are not going to get um, surprised by a lot of moments in, in, in their in their uh, game, or any game, or any series, or a playoff run. What we hope is a long playoff run, if you're an Oilers fan. So those are that's the reason you bring in those veterans. And and you know Keith is not the guy he was, you know, five ten years ago. But he is controlling the pace of the play. Uh, lots of time he gets on the clock. I really liked his game. I like the way Bouchard's played. Uh, I like Kulak. And quite frankly, I think the D are all doing pretty well. Now it changes. You go down to um, L.A. and you got to figure out a way to get a win. You know, It would be great to win that first game, take back that home ice advantage, but, again, these are little things the Oilers have to do. The last couple of years have not been kind to the orders, especially the sweep against the Jets. So sometimes there's a mental block. So win a game, check. Um, now win a game on the road. That would be the game three. And now you're up 2-1 and you're starting to believe. And that's a big word. Believe in what you're doing and how you're playing is something the Oilers have to really kind of get to.
0: Coming off a six nothing win compared to say a four two or a three one victory, I mean, does that change how the guys are feeling or how uh, Coach Woodcroft coaches the team?
1: No, I think the same game plan. Right, you have the same game plan. Let's go out there. Let's let's you know do the same thing, play the same way. I don't know if they're going to score six goals every game, but let's get after these guys, make them make it hard for them to get into our zone. Let's make it you know get after their D men. But what I what I would like to see, I would love if Game Three was a three two win. Three 2 win, uh, and it's because I want the Oilers to experience a close game in the playoffs on the winning side, right? And I, I you know, like last year they didn't experience that, um, so this year I want them to have that experience where okay, early, early, so that they can draw on that again. You know, the playoffs are all about different experiences. And I listen, I, I wasn't a, I didn't win the Stanley Cup, but I played with lot of guys again. I watched a lot of games, and every time you can add. Another little like check mark, like okay, I've, I've played in a tight game in the playoffs, or I've had to come from behind, check mark, or uh, you know we got up early, and then we weathered the storm for two periods, check mark. Like every game, it's his own unique island and his own unique setup. But I'd love to see Game Three be a real tight one, so the owners have to learn to manage that, those emotions, a, a, a crowd that's going to be fired up down there in LA, and all those types of things that help them move towards you know becoming a more experienced group.
0: Strutty, two questions for you. Before we let you go here, I know you got places to be. Uh, Darnell Nurse, obviously he missed the last couple games of the regular season with the injury. Uh, Have you noticed anything in his game that might indicate that maybe there is some lingering pain going on there?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, you can see his footwork's still pretty good. I'm not sure if it's the exact same power he has. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, he's, he's not 100%. I don't know what was he at, 80, 70, 90, I don't know. But... I don't know if he has that same driving power. Uh, we've seen his feet are moving well, uh, but we have a knee injury. It's you're, you're never you know you, it takes a while to kind of get that confidence back that yeah this thing's locked in and we're good to go. So, you know, luckily, um, you know Keith, is, Keith and Bouchard are the top two D men in ice time. I believe Bouchard is actually type top one and, and Keith second for ice time. So that's okay. You know they, they don't need to to wear out or really push Darnell Nurse to give him a chance to kind of get his gives feedback underneath him So, you know, I hope they're able to continue to do that And then, you know, when they move deeper into this round Or, you know, know, if things work out in the second round Now they're really going to be able to start leaning on the big man To play those heavier minutes that we've seen them play And go accustomed to
0: Yeah, I mean, he's still playing heavy minutes He played 19 uh, last night and in game one, 20 and a half So he's still obviously out there a lot contributing My last question for you here I think last question. Uh, goaltending Mike Smith, obviously been in the league for a long time. Shouldn't get rattled, but we know he can be streaky at times. What did you make of his rebound performance in game two?
1: Yeah, you know he he looked steady, and he you know a veteran again. I bring up the veteran, right? You need you need a mix of all the different types of players, but veterans they they rebound. And yeah, it was it was unfortunate or not unfortunate. It was a it was a, it was a misplay that he did in Game 1. Uh, if that's a 22-year-old goalie, you know, how does he re- rebound? You know, Smith comes out and he's solid, gets a shot out, um, you know, plays well, and now that that memory or that, that, that miscue in Game 1 is a distant memory. They just move on. Okay, let's win Game 3, and there's going to be other players that make mistakes. You know, it's a game of mistakes. There are, are going to be mistakes, and you have to bury them as fast as you can and then move on because if you dwell on a mistake it's gonna it'll drag you and it could drag your line mate, your D partner and or your team down. So you have to bury as fast as you can to move on and now say, okay, let's win we we lost game one, let's win game two. Okay, check that box. Now we're going to LA, we wanna have a good start, play up to our level, but let's let's win that game again. So now you're you you know, you, you keep getting further, further away from game one that mistake but there will be other mistakes on both sides that will lead to goals and those players have to rebound ASAP.
0: Strutty, game three goes, Friday, game four goes Sunday, both eight o'clock mountain time starts. What do you think happens in the games?
1: Um, well, I, I, I think well, I, I, I hope that they win three two. I want a tight game. <laughs> but I, I, at worst they come back with a split. but I, I you know based on last night, it feels like they're starting to understand how they have to play to be successful. And if they can keep that up, they might have a a pretty nice little run here down in L.A.
0: Beautiful, Stretty. Well, good luck with Hockey Helps the Homeless. Uh, We'll have you on the Gregor Show on Friday to maybe recap how things went for you. And uh, have a good night.
1: Thanks. We'll talk to you again
0: soon. Hockey fans, the pursuit of the Stanley Cup is on in DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NHL has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings same-game parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win, and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537 in Illinois, Indiana, Minnesota, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, or Wyoming. 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado or New Hampshire. You can visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut in Iowa 1-800-BETS-OFF in Louisiana 1-877-770 stop 8778 hope and why in New York in Oregon you can visit opgr.org in Tennessee call the red line 1-800-889-9789 and in Virginia 1-888-532-3500 21 plus, 18 plus in Wyoming, must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Minnesota, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming only. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See draftkingscom slash sportsbook for details. There you go. That was former NHLer Jason Strudwick. Give him a follow on Twitter at Jason underscore Strudwick. You can also hear him on TSN 1260 Monday through Friday from 2 until 6 on the Jason Greger Show. Always appreciate Strutty hopping on the podcast and uh, giving us his perspective from the Oilers side. And now we're going to flip it around. We're going to go down to Los Angeles and hear from Jonathan Davis of Sirius XM NHL. You can also give him a follow on Twitter at West Coast Hockey. Jonathan, thanks so much for doing this today. How are you doing?
2: Oh, fantastic. It's, uh, you know, it's a beautiful day out here in, in Southern California. It's uh, it's nice to have playoff hockey again. It's been a bit of a hiatus. Uh, so, hey, can't, no, no complaints.
0: Things are good. Things are good. The Oilers can expect some nice weather when they're down there, at the very least, hey?
2: Yeah, they sure can. And uh, what a travel adventure it was uh, <laughs> for the Oilers uh, get, getting to L.A. And it's been interesting just to see how you know, I was reading uh, earlier today about how the, uh, was it the Lightning, the Jays and the Yankees all converged at the border uh, in Buffalo trying to get, uh, you know, stateside. It's uh, it's it's interesting times for traveling.
0: Yeah, I looked into that as well. I mean, it's not a quick trip to Buffalo, two and a half hours on the bus. And then obviously you make the quick flight down the coast. But very interesting. Do you know what the L.A. Kings did? Did they follow the same sort of? I guess route is the no, Oilers. Or?
2: Actually, my understanding, um, my understanding was, is, uh, you know, talking to Bob Stoffer from the Oilers uh, radio network, uh, he had said to me that he thought that they were flying directly back from from Edmonton to LA, and that uh, so uh, we'll, we'll see, we'll see, because I, I wonder, you know, what potential issues could arise, um, you know, they have because if they if they had to take COVID tests, I would assume to get back in.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I know that was kind of the fear. Had there been a a positive or a false positive, it could create some issues and perhaps miss a couple of games. Uh, hope, hopefully, we don't get to that. That would be definitely ideal. We want to see the Kings at their best. Uh So let's. No, t- you don't. Come on, <laughs> come
2: on, Cotton. You, you, you would not be upset if Philippe, Philippe Deno or Andre Kopitar. <laughs> You know, had a false positive and couldn't play
0: game three. Come on, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, hey, if Brendan Lemieux something came up and he he wasn't out there, it might make life a little bit easier for the Oilers. Yeah, yeah. I tried to be politically correct there, and uh, you called yeah. me on it. That's that's totally fair. <laughs> uh, let's let's talk about the series, Jonathan. Obviously, uh, things went a lot better for the Oilers in game number two, picking up the six nothing victory. Uh, we've talked about it a lot here in Edmonton. The things that the Oilers did better, but when you look at the LA Kings and the way they played, going from game one to game two was there any big difference
2: not really i look i think ultimately what it comes down to in this series and, and look connor i i felt that this was a six game series so i don't know about you i don't get too hung up you know in, in any series when when a team drops the the first game because i didn't expect i didn't expect to ever expect a sweep but what you're going to get with la from game to game is really the same thing stay you know they don't change their style, whether they're down, you know, 4-2 or they're up 4-2. It's the same, you know, they'll wait for you to make the, you know, a mistake, kind of like exactly what happened in game one where Mike Smith made the egregious error and, and L.A. pounced on it, and that's what the Kings do. But if, you know, if you're going to tell me that the Edmonton Oilers are going to play their best game and the L.A. Kings are going to play their best game on the same night, I'll take the Edmonton Oilers uh, every time. There's just, you know, you can't compare the skill level. And, you know, Anze Kopitar and Philippe Deno, you know, while they tried to play the two of them two-thirds of the game in game one, um, and it worked that night, it's just, you know, look, it, it, skill, the, the skill is all on the Edmonton side, or at least the majority of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. When they're firing, I mean, they, they are a tough team to hang with. Uh, do you expect any changes going into game three for the Kings?
2: No, I don't think so. I, I, I don't, you know, uh, I, I really wouldn't expect any lineup changes. And 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 really, I I, I don't know, you know, there, there's nobody that's it, that you know that they're you're kind of going, yeah, you know, I think I think Gabe Valardi should have played, or I think mm-hmm. Leah Anderson should have played, or you know, I think uh, Tobias Bjornfoot you know should slot in on the back end. I just I, I I don't see that you know the the Kings have that situation to really consider. So. I don't, and I don't expect a goaltending change either. You know, um, this is going to be Jonathan Quick's net. You know, un- unless you know he falls to some sort of injury, so I, I wouldn't expect LA to make any changes. You know, uh, I- yeah, I-, I think I think what what you see what we've seen in the first two games is is the roster. You know, uh, that you'll see for for the rest of the series, unless, you know, maybe they tweak, you know, some of the bottom six, uh, the bottom, you know, the bottom, uh, the third and fourth lines.
0: When you look at the LA Kings this season, and, uh, I mean, they were, they were pretty good both on the road and at home. Uh, does does anything change with the playing style when they get home? Are they a little more comfortable with anything, or, you know, does it is it kind of just status quo for this group?
2: Well, I think they actually get better on the road this year than they did at home for whatever reason. Look, I, I think ultimately the, the problem that, that that's going to – Stings, Los Angeles, five-on-five, five. they're a really good team, or at least the numbers will dictate, you know, that they can hang with you. What killed, what killed the L.A. Kings is what killed them last night, and, and that's, that's special teams. I mean, their power play is is abysmal. It's going through a horrific run right now. Uh, it, it, it was, you know, a power play that had opportunities in that first period last night and, and couldn't capitalize, and conversely, the Oilers have taken advantage of, of their opportunities in the power play What is it, three for five or four for six in the series? Um, So, uh, you know, really for L.A., that that has been a big thorn in the side for them, whether it's been at home or on the road.
0: Yeah, I mean, and then the, the shorthanded goal also, that's kind of a killer there for the, uh, for the LA Kings last night. Darnell Nurse getting that goal in the second period. Uh, gotta ask you about Todd McClellan. Uh, obviously a lot of fans here in Edmonton, uh, a likable guy with the Edmonton Oilers, although they didn't get that success in the playoffs that they had hoped for. Uh, from what he's done with this team, and I, I don't know what the expectations locally were for the Kings. I know I didn't know, know if they'd be as successful as they were this year. I thought he did a really good job, but w- what do you like about Todd McClellan and what he's been able to do with this young kings team
2: i like the fact that he's got this team to buy into uh, whatever he's selling and i can't tell you exactly what he's selling uh but the very notion that you know look this is a team that for pretty much i think 79 games you know was you know a minus goal differential um but again it's, it's a team that that is patient very opportunistic uh you know sacrifices uh, offense for defense uh, in in many respects. So, uh, you know, and and look look what they've gone through. I mean, they were, Connor, at one point this season, they were missing their starting six defensemen from opening night. Uh, And here this team was still able to hang. Now, look, uh, granted, both Vegas and Vancouver had seasons that only either, either of us, I believe, expected. And that helped, but at the you know, at the end of the day, the Kings did find themselves into a playoff spot. But you know, look, going back to you know what I said earlier, it's it's a team that uh, doesn't wow you. There's really like I, like you you don't you don't look at this lineup, and you have to be aware of their second line, their second line, or, or maybe it should be their first line, the Deno Arvidson, um, Trevor Moore line, which is now Arvidson out for injury, and I to follow in. But that line has been one of the best lines in the NHL this year. I mean, their underlying numbers, and they have them in the top ten. But there's really not a player to game plan for. So, you know, the sum of the parts is greater than one any one individual on this team. And these guys have all bought in. Um, and I think that, you know, it, it's worked. I mean, in the offseason, Drew Doughty and Anze Kopitar both, you know, had talked about we're done with the rebuild. We want to win. We know we know where our window is right now. Um, so it, it's worked out. The kids have played. The younger kids have played really well. And while Arvidsson was healthy, he's played really well. And maybe the biggest surprise of anybody, it has to be Trevor Moore. Uh, if there was a most improved player award in the NHL, uh, he, he would absolutely get it.
0: Jonathan uh, just a couple more questions for you really appreciate you hopping on the podcast here with me I want to ask you you know from what you've seen with this Oilers team since Jay Woodcroft took over as head coach and I mean the first couple games here in the playoffs uh, just what have your impressions been of the group
2: well uh, it's a team that takes care of the puck in their own end a lot better than they used to Um, and and I'm not sure you know again there's a buy-in I mean you know, you see the way that Connor is playing and the way that Leon is playing, and you know, more I see them more below the hash marks uh, in their own zone than I'm used to. Uh, the goals against numbers uh, got a lot better, uh, and so there's a commitment there to playing the right way, and so uh, it, it is impressive. I mean, it, it's it's really impressive what what Jay Woodcroft has done you know, in his first year. But I think, you know, know, he's got the advantage that, um, you know, look, this was a guy that's familiar with a lot of the players from from Bakersfield, been there as an assistant coach. He's seen them. Uh, The one thing that can always be tricky, and I'm sure, you know, you've heard this too, is that a lot of times when an assistant comes in to be the head coach, it it doesn't, you know, it's it's hard to manage those relationships in in that transition. But he's done a phenomenal job. He seems so poised back there. And I I, I love the fact that he's, you know, I I look back to that press conference, just, you know, when when, will Darnell Nurse play or not? And, you know, he looked like a savvy veteran coach uh, saying, you know, we'll see, you know, wait, wait for the wait for wait, wait for warmups, something along that line.
0: Yeah, he's fun to deal with. Like, I, I got the vibes for that. He's just a football coach. As a hockey coach, like he likes yeah. to just keep things under wraps, doesn't want to tell you who his starting goalie is, or you know when Darnell Darnell Nurse would return to the lineup. He likes to keep those things uh, uh, very close to the chest. Uh, so, Jonathan, uh, are you sticking with the six-game prediction there? Oilers in six after this basically becomes a five-game series.
2: I am. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think so because I think um, it, it just it wouldn't surprise me to see LA get one more game. So. Um, but I, I, I think it's look, I, I, yeah. So yes, to answer your question, yes, I'm still I'm still sick in that it's a six game series.
0: And uh, just your thoughts on the NHL playoffs as a whole so far? Uh, any series standing out to you as uh, the best when it comes to pure entertainment value?
2: Uh, oh God, uh, I mean St. Louis, Minnesota, you know, has been a lot of fun to watch. Just you know, two teams beating beating you know beating each other up in, in a lot of respects. I, I did like, you know, what, what I saw in game one of Calgary, Minnesota. I mean, that was like, or Calgary, Minnesota, Calgary, Dallas. I mean, that was just old fashioned playoff hockey. So I'm, I'm interested to see what game two brings us. Uh, that was just a pure, pure nasty affair. So, uh, yeah, that, that's another one that, that, that stands out for me. I guess I'm being a little, little biased to the West. Uh, obviously the triple overtime game in New York was, was, was a thriller. Um uh, but, yeah, I, I like the nastiness that we saw in Calgary-Dallas, and I'm hoping for more of it in, in Game 2.
0: Oh, I'm with you there. That was a lot of fun. And hopefully the Oilers-Kings can uh, get that going as well. I know they got some guys on each side that enjoy that part of the game. Uh, Jonathan, thank you so much for doing this today. I really do appreciate it.
2: Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having
0: me. There you go. That is Jonathan Davis of SiriusXM NHL. Make sure to give him a follow on Twitter as well at West Coast Hockey. Hockey spelled HKY. West Coast Hockey. Really appreciate Jonathan hopping on talking about the Edmonton Oilers and the LA Kings in the NHL playoffs. And uh, we'll have to get him on later on in the series, hopefully, as well. Whatever way it goes, we'll have to talk a little bit more about those LA Kings and the Edmonton Oilers. That's going to do it for another edition of the Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Big thank you to our sponsor, of course, the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as DraftKings. If you're going to sign up today, make sure to use promo code THPN for the Edmonton Oilers. They're back in action Friday night, taking on the LA Kings once again, of course. Puck drop, 8 o'clock. Mountain Time. If you want some pregame coverage, tune into TSN 1260. Tom Gazzola, Matt Cassian, and myself will have you covered at 6 o'clock, a special two-hour edition of the pregame show. And then game number four will go on Sunday night. It's another 8 o'clock start, so, you know, brew the coffee around 5 o'clock. Be ready. Stay awake. Uh, It's going to be a late one, but it's going to be a lot of fun. I don't have to tell you guys that. Thank you for tuning in to the other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Connor Halley. Give me a follow on Twitter, at Connor Halley, and we'll talk to you next time.
1: Thanks for tuning in to the Other Connor Podcast. New shows drop every Tuesday and Friday, wherever you get your podcasts
0: from.